from the city of brotherly love. This is Shark Bite Biz with David Strausser. You just arrived to the newest episode of Shark Bite Biz. I'm your rock star wannabe host, David Strausser, and this is your place to learn how to grow business during complete global chaos. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about becoming fierce. So, who do we have today? None other than Stephanie James. Stephanie James is a seasoned psychotherapist and transformation coach, a dynamic public speaker, published author, and filmmaker. Stephanie James delivers her message in a powerful way to help others find their own internal sparks, break through limiting beliefs, and create an empowered life full of passion and possibility. Her new film, When Sparks Ignite, hosts a highly reputable cast of international thought leaders and change makers. Its powerful message is about how the challenges we can face actually become the match point that ignites something within us that becomes our gift to the world. Currently available on the More You channel on Plex Network. In June 2022, she completed uh, shooting a documentary with an award-winning film crew for a new series called Ignited with a seven-part Becoming Fierce season for Flex. So, hey, without further delay, let's bring Stephanie right the heck on in here. Business strategy. Stephanie, welcome to Shark Bite Biz. You, my friend, you just became shark bait. <laughs> I love it. Thank you for having me here, David. Oh, no, it's an honor to have you. So we have a tradition on this show. Very first question we ask every single guest. Okay, it doesn't matter how famous or infamous you are. Uh, we ask every single person the same thing. What's your background? How'd you get there? You know, what do you do for a living? Basically, in a nutshell, tell us what makes Stephanie Stephanie. Oh, thank you. Love that question. You know, I could actually just start right here and now because, you know, my, my brand is the spark. And so a lot of times people are like, what is the spark? And I'm like, that is that essence that's us and that nothing can put it out. You know, wind can't blow it out. Other people can't affect it, things in the world. And so like our work is how do we excavate that spark? So that that's big to me. And so in all the hats I wear right now, I'm a psychotherapist. I'm a filmmaker, author, professional speaker and life coach. <laughs> so I wear lots of hats and um, and how I became who I am. I mean, how I quote unquote evolved to who I am. You know, it, it is it's one of those lifelong things. I didn't plan on being a psychotherapist. I went my first year of college to an art school in L.A., um, sang for, you know, a few rock bands over the years. Oh, there you go. There you go. You see that Marshall stack behind? Me? I noticed that right away. There you go. Yeah, I love it. And so, you know, that journey didn't start right away. It was a few years into college. And I would say, you know, truly what what helps me and what I'm doing, what really has created that spark in me is I went through really, really tough times as like a 13-year-old kiddo. I had the golden childhood, wonderful, awesome family. I had a dad at 13 years old tell mom, hey, I am in love with someone else. Um, all erupted one big evening and a huge, literally, um, you know, mom screaming out of the driveway, dad beating on the car saying, you know, get out. With me, it's almost opposite situation. So I definitely connect and feel with you there. Yeah. And it was, you know, so it was like this 180, right, of 
went from awesome childhood to, oh my God, my whole family split apart. And I had amazing parents, right? But all of a sudden, through that process, I'm like, okay, I did, I lost basically my relationship with my dad um, through my stepmom. And without going into drama here, the, the thing that I think that's important though, is like, we all go through life and no one gets out unscathed. And so I had my own journey and feeling like super unlovable and angsty teenage years. And that's why, you know, I wanted to sing for those bands and, and do those things where. For me, I, I moved to Mexico when I was 18. That was my escape. It was like, I'm getting the heck out of, out of here. And I moved from Pottsville, Pennsylvania, Coal Country, PA, all the way down to Mexico, lived there for about 15 years. And uh, just coincidence, life has brought me full circle to where I'm back living in Pennsylvania again. So it's kind of crazy. I love that. You know, it's interesting because we have that in common. Life has brought me full circle. I grew up in Fort Collins, Colorado, moved away for 20 years. And for the last decade, I've been back. And so that's been really cool. And I have to tell you, the pivotal moment for me was in my early 30s. Um, I went to this healing school. Early 30s. You don't look a day over 30. I love you. I, you know, in, in the mid 50s here, buddy. <laughs> oh, my God. You don't have yeah. to age yourself publicly. But I, I swear to God, <laughs> never would have guessed that. You are the best. Thank you. Well, and so, so this has been, you know, 24 years ago. But I go to this cool, you know, healing school, to, you know, in San Francisco. And as I'm walking in, I shake the presenter's hand and this Dr. Jaffe was his name. And he's out there giving his spiel and says in the middle of it, hey, you in the blue coat, I have a message for you. Yeah, and let me guess, you were wearing a blue coat. Uh, I'm looking around for someone else wearing the blue coat, you know, and I look down, I'm like, crap, I'm the one in the blue coat. I hate that. I always get called on too. Oh my God. Well, and I, and so I'm looking and I go, okay. And he's like, I have a message for you. And he says it. And I am telling you, David, I didn't hear him. I could, I could hear nothing. And he repeats it like three times. And by the third time when he said it, all the, air all the air conditioning units in the place went on and nobody could hear him. So now everybody's in hysterics. Like, and he's like, my dear, come up here. Like, come up here on stage. <laughs> he's like, because you are so resistant to this message. And when I finally get up there, he's like, okay, here it is. What you need to hear is stop trying. Stop trying. He's like, you've been trying your whole life. Like this man I just met, but he like has this insight. He's like, you've been trying your whole life to be perfect for your dad. Now you're trying to do it for your husband. Stop trying. And it was like this pivotal moment in my life where I went, oh my God, I've been trying my whole life to earn love outside of me. And it's actually an inside job. So that changed the trajectory of my life. You know, and that's actually kind of amazing that you brought it up because I'm not going to air any personal drama of mine to that degree on air but uh, i'll tell you off air for a good discussion but uh that resonates uh with me with my current situation as well too so uh that makes a makes a lot of sense and i really you know it resonates with me and i i feel it and uh you know it's weird because uh you know a lot of uh similarities there as far as different paths career changes all that stuff but i love it i love it so keep going 
let's hear the rest of the story. Thank you. Yeah. So, so I love it. And I, I love the resonance because I think it's important because a lot of times when people like yourself, you know, it's like when people have success or they're quasi famous, whatever that is, people go, oh, well, life is so good. And, you know, we all are going to have difficulties and challenges. And the thing I think is important is that we can look at those and go, you know, those can actually become the match point that ignites something within us that can then become our gift to the world. So, yeah, fast forward. Um, I would say the last five years, I always tell people life begins at 50. Oh, we're still on your intro? <laughs> well, I didn't know I'm kidding, you were, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Go you ahead, so go fun. ahead. So the last five years, I always tell people like, the you know, life begins at 50. I know life begins at every age we're at, but like my life exploded at 50 in the best, amazing way. And that's when I started my podcast. That's when my first book came out. And that's when... I filmed my first film that's literally playing on Plex Network right now on the More You channel when Sparks Ignite. That's amazing. In fact, uh, I think usually I put like the person's name on each YouTube thumbnail and then I will put down the company they represent like Recruiter.com or whatever it may be. For you, I'm just going to put Stephanie James, comma, everything. (laughs) Because you do everything. (laughs) You are so funny. That's awesome. Let's talk about uh, something that you brought up earlier about being fierce. What does it mean to become fierce? Yeah, awesome. Well, I think becoming fierce, when I when I looked up the word in in the dictionary, you know, what's interesting is that people, they hear the word fierce and they're like, oh, ferocious or aggressive. And literally what I love about it is it's about being fiery you know, and, and like living with purpose. And for me, living fully ignited in your authenticity. So for me, when that happened, and, and I have to tell you too, quickly, I feel like, you know, I'm blabbing here about myself, but that's the purpose. That's the purpose of this show. So that guests can learn about you, your expertise, who you are. So this is all about you, Stephanie. Go for it. Well, I love it. Well, and it makes me laugh because I'm usually the one on the other side of the mic, so to speak, right? I know. It's so hard, isn't it? Whenever I do interviews, it's like, you know, they'll be like, you know, this isn't your show, right? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Uh, Okay, know my role. I'll shut up. No, but that's, yeah, that's totally what I'm experiencing right now. I, I would tell you, though, so a few years ago, I was being interviewed on my first book. My first book is called The Spark, Igniting Your Best Life. And I was on Karen Curry Parker's podcast, Quantum Conversations. And towards the end of the interview, she says to me, so what's next for you? What are you thinking of? And I said, well, I feel like I have a new book coming through because I'm stopping at stoplights. I'm writing on scraps of paper, little ideas, something's happening. So we get done with the interview and she says to me, you know, I have a business partner And we own a publishing company and we'd like to publish your next book. Oh, that's amazing. It was so incredible. And so I meet, she says, I'm going to introduce you to her and you guys can jump on a Zoom call. Isn't it crazy though, how those things just kind of organically line up sometimes in life to where it's like, I can't believe this, you know, like it it just so weird. Um, It's just one of those organic things that kind of just blows your mind, like, 
wow, thank God I did this and that I was there because if not, I would have lost out on a huge, huge, huge opportunity. Totally. I mean, serendipity, right, is phenomenal and how these things really do line up in everyone's life. I mean, if people notice serendipity showed up over and over again. And when I met Michelle Vandepass the next day, her co-business partner, um, I'm telling her kind of my story. And she goes, oh, my God, Stephanie. She's like, you are fierce. You are fierce. And right then it dropped in. I'm like, oh, my God, the title of this book is Becoming Fierce. And ironically, one of the chapters is called What Serendipity Got to Do With It? Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> that is uh, that's cool. So, OK, you explain kind of what it means to be fierce. Now, again, this is a business podcast. So how does that serve? us in the business community becoming fierce. Yeah, because I think oftentimes what happens is that part, part of what Becoming Fierce talks about is finding our voices, having your own voice, communication. There's a chapter on healing the gap between us. We, you know, we've got it. And one is about how to take your power, understanding your relationship with power. Because oftentimes it's not that we're so much in our big ego, like I'm better than you. A lot of times we're in that small ego that says I'm not enough. And so, you know, becoming fierce and especially in business, I think these are essential qualities. We're not going to be successful in business if we're playing small. We're not going to be successful in business if we don't have... Go big or go home. Heck yeah. That's right. You know, so it's, we, we've got to be able, and again, it's not an ego thing. It's a literally cultivating, number one, an inner relationship with yourself. And I, you know, I really refer to it as befriending yourself. And it's, you know, we all hear that old cliche, oh, just love yourself, be your own best friend. But we all know it's not that easy. But if we want to be successful, it's got to start right there. Again, it's that inside job, right? So it's how do you begin to excavate that authentic you? And I really feel like it's the most important journey that we can take. Establishing our own voice, having that relationship with ourselves, having good communi you know, communication skills, knowing how to build community. And so we show up in our fierceness. Now, our fierceness, ironically, too, is also sometimes having the courage to be vulnerable, right? It's, it's people hide it so well. It doesn't take a lot of bravery to hide where you feel vulnerable. It's not, okay, so for me, I don't know if I agree with the feeling vulnerable more than I think it would be empathetic is what I would say for me personally. Like uh, I'm putting my guard down, not because I'm trying to be vulnerable, but I'm trying to be empathetic to the situation, person or whatever it may be. So I don't know, maybe they're synonymous in what we're talking about, but you be the judge of that. Yeah, yeah, I think they are. Because when you say empathy, moving into that place of empathy, the moment that we let our guard down, that actually is stepping into vulnerability. It's not that you're there and being the bleeding heart and saying, oh my gosh, I'm going to be so vulnerable and tell you all my woes. It's that I'm willing to let down the shield and like drop from my head into my heart. That's where empathy lies. That's where true connection lies. And so when we're, whether we're making a business deal or whether we're just having a conversation with an employee, um, 
or a coworker. Those are the things where when we're in that place and out of ego, we're actually listening to what that person has to say. And I call it active listening or open-hearted listening because we're not listening so we can interrupt them and just say what we think. We're listening so we're actually, the goal is understanding and connection. And I think understanding and connection is critical and it only happens if you listen. You know, one person told me, and I've said this, I don't know, maybe five or six times so far in the show, that uh, God has given us uh, two ears and one mouth and to use them proportionately. I love that. Yeah. So, and it's really, I think, so important. I, I love this. Harville Hendricks, who's an old psychologist who wrote and wrote and wrote about relationships. When I saw him speak in Boulder at this Summit for Clinical Excellence, he gave this great example of going to this big soiree and this big dinner party, and he was set with this group of people. Now, on purpose, his job, he said, was to listen open-heartedly, to be in that place. So he wasn't telling these you know, other people anything about himself. He was just listening and reflecting and doing like a mirroring technique, we call it, where you're like listening for content. And then you're going, oh, that must have been amazing, David, when you played that Marshall guitar, you know, whatever that is, you know, you're tuning in to the other person. Ironically, he says, when he left that dinner party, people were shaking his hands and these people were just so excited, like, it was so great to get to know you and feeling so connected to him. It wasn't because he shared his story. It was because he listened. Right, right, right. So what do you think then truly defines a successful life? So that is such a great question because I think a lot of people can look again at the exterior and say, yeah, successful life is I've got all the material goods, I've got fame, fortune, whatever it is on the outside. And I honestly think a successful life is that you are living your authentic path doing for you what lights you up. You know, we've got a really good friend and what lights him up six months out of the year, he leads fishing expeditions in Honduras. And then when it's summertime, he comes back, he comes back to Salida, Colorado here up in the gorgeous, gorgeous mountains and hangs out and does that, you know, but he doesn't have a huge house. He doesn't have material things and he's living his best life, you know? And so I think that's it. We have to look in the mirror at ourselves Nobody else is in our head. Just be the best version of you. Yeah. I mean, and I know that's cliche, right? The best version of us. We hear that all the time. So it's like, what does that mean? And to me, it is. It's, yeah, really being able, I think we've got to connect with other people. You know, it's about we're interdependent beings. And yet the number one thing is connecting with ourselves. Hearing that internal voice, you know, and listening to our own inner GPS to guide us. And to me, when you have that, I mean, I think when I work with a lot of my clients, we look at like what brings pleasure to your life. Some people that are in that place in their life where they're like, I just retired or I'm just out of grad school. I can't find a job, whatever that is. And you begin by building what are the things we know that as you focus on things, it's a principle in physics, what you focus on expands. So really focusing on what is it that makes you feel good. And as you fill your life with those things, you start to feel not only better, you're attracting, I think, 
more positive things into your life. You're creating more opportunities. You're willing to show up for that job interview. And you all of a sudden are like, oh, I'm doing the things that really bring me joy. And I think when you're living from that place, you're already a success. There's no one outside that can define that for you. But it's hard for people to get to that place sometimes. What kind of advice do you have for people that are struggling to get there? Maybe they were there and then they got knocked down a few pegs. How do they climb back up that ladder to get back to that successful life? Yeah, I think the most important thing is to start small. You know, we've seen for sure the book because it was everywhere, Atomic Habits. And really what he's speaking of in that book is small little steps, right? The size of an atom. And so when we've really been knocked down, it's not about flipping a switch and then saying like, oh, my life's fantastic. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, the Instagram life. Yeah, the Instagram life. Oh my God, right? And so it's, it's about saying, what are the changes I'm going to make today? And little, little things, little changes. And one of the things that I talk to people about a lot I call it the three C's. And what you're doing is you're just focusing on this 24 hours. Because we have a natural negativity bias in our brain, our brain's always scanning for threats, right? And unfortunately, it takes us into the future and we're playing the what if game. What if I never feel better? What if I never get that job? What if it always stays like this? Well, when we bring ourselves to the present moment and really focus not on the regrets of the past, not what happened back there, not ruminating. We bring ourselves right here. We can say, okay, in these, with these three C's, how do I want this day to go? And so I have people journal in the morning. The first C is how do I take care of myself today? And that's not going to look the same every day. Today for me, it was taking a walk through the botanical gardens with my husband and dogs, coming back and getting my getting my coffee on and chatting with a couple authors online. And I mean, it was just this beautiful day. I wanted to take care of myself in those ways that I made sure I exercised, connected with my husband, had time with my dogs. And that's what soothes my soul. The second, thank you. And, the, and you know, the second C is then how do I connect? And especially through the pandemic, as we know, this was like huge because everybody felt so isolated. So, and again, it's just in this 24 hours. And it could be thinking about like, who have I not talked to forever that actually would feel good if I just reached out? You know, I say sending a text is good, doing a phone call even better. And if you can meet that person and go have a cup of coffee, right on. You know, I, I think each level of connection, we know, again, we're interconnected beings. When people are isolated and people are in nursing homes, the death rate goes up significantly. So yeah, and the last C being, I love this, how can I be creative today? Which is about going into flow state and creativity doesn't have to be maybe a musician like yourself. You don't have to write a song. You don't have to write a book. Maybe part of the way that you're creative is you go onto Spotify and you come up with 10 songs that light you up and you send it to somebody or you just gives you a spark. Play it. Yeah, you play it and you dance in the kitchen, you know, and you're like, it doesn't have to be big, but you're putting yourself in a place where you're not concentrating on the what if game. You're not catastrophizing. You're saying, what are the possibilities of this day? And in those places, that's where we can lose ourselves in thought. And honestly, David, it could, it could actually be like 
taking a walk around the block a different way than you usually go. You know, it's like, I want to carve new neural pathways. I want to do something out of my regular routine. And it's amazing how that stuff begins to build then. You know, I talk about cultivating and it's like excavating that spark. It might get covered up with circumstances. It might get covered up with situations we're faced with. And we can continue to excavate that by doing these morning routines and daily routines that really are primers for stepping into our day. Now, with all of that, though, something that you do talk about is really the concept of purge what doesn't serve. So why don't you tell our viewers and listeners out there uh, what you mean by that? Yeah, I think that's essential. And as you said, you know, this is essential in business and this is essential in life. Purging what doesn't serve goes into a lot of different areas. You know, the first area I would invite people to look at is purging the belief systems that don't work for them. The thoughts that don't work for them are repetitive, you know, over and over. Negative thoughts. Negative down the rabbit hole thoughts. So what? (laughs) This conversation hopefully is not down the rabbit hole, only down the rabbit hole of exploration. But yeah, yeah. So I think um, what it can really help us do is if we write down, believe it or not, write down what are the thoughts that are limiting you? What are your limiting beliefs? And then really look at that. And then you can systematically start saying, okay, not only am I going to write down affirmations, affirmations aren't enough. It's like, I'm going to write down this affirmation. And under that affirmation, I'm going to put a couple action steps. So I'll give you an example. Like if I'm like, I want to eat nutritionally and be healthy, then underneath that, I'm going to say, okay, so I'm going to make sure that I have this supplement. I'm going to be sure that I'm doing these things in that day so that I'm reinforcing this new belief of I'm a healthy, you know, happy person. I'm someone who eats nutritionally. And I think, so you start doing that and it's a daily thing. So Purging the beliefs that don't serve, number one. And then I think, I think it's important to look at what relationships aren't serving you. And this is big because, you know, in Jack Canfield's book, Success Principles, uh, he quotes that we're the five, we're the average of the five people we spend the most time with. So think about who are you spending time with? You know, if, if everyone you're spending time with is sucking your energy or they're very negative people or you're like, why am I hanging out with this person? Again, that's, that's a, a time for you to step into becoming fierce. And it doesn't mean you're a jerk. I talk in the book about how to detach with love, how to create healthy boundaries so that you literally are connecting with people that you're having positive relationships with. And we all have people in our lives that once in a while you know, they need a hand up or they need that support. Awesome. It's not about that. It's not about perfect people. It's also about connecting. Nobody's perfect. Everybody, everybody needs support. You know, like I went through rough time recently and, uh, you know, did a few like this uh, post, like reaching out there as far as uh, I didn't know where to go. It's kind of like uh, analysis paralysis, like who should I talk to? Who should I trust? Who's even in, interested or has the bandwidth? So it's like I threw something out there, piece of red meat, and uh, took it down within hours. But uh, within hours, I had probably 300 responses from people that I know and, and trust. And it was like, okay, 
Um, now I know who I can confide in in order to help guide me through this uh, this situation in my life. And I think that's a healthy thing. That's so healthy. I love that you did that. I love that you were able to see that people really do show up for you and they really do show up for us. And I think we we have to look. Surprisingly, there were some negative ones. And I'm like, okay, I don't get what your negativity is here, but uh, I, I, I don't care. I got what I needed for, so post being deleted anyways. I was going to say delete, delete, delete. Yeah, I think we really have to look at relationships. And then I'd also, the book, The Art of Tidying Up, I think it's The Simple Art of Tidying Up. I almost thought you were going to say The Art of the Sale. And I'm like, you know, this isn't a political show here. No, 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 no. <laughs> so, but her book, I think it's Maria, uh, I want to say Coy, but that's not correct. Anyway, don't quote me on the title, but the book, which I read so many years ago, literally talks about purging your material things in your home, you know, and I'm not talking about, I'm not a minimalist by any means, but it's like, I do once a season. I can tell by your background. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> we, we live in a it cozy little bum bungalow. We really are the little bungalow and I love it. But, and it's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. You know, so, but it's going through, you know, I, I went through and I do go through my closet every season. And I touch, and her, her suggestion was touch your clothes. And you say, does this bring me joy? Does this bring me joy? If there's something you haven't worn or you don't feel good in, donate it. You know, I literally, I am the biggest thrift store shopper. I love shopping at ARC. <laughs> and literally for my first time Tuesday, I don't even want this out on the internet, but I went to, the, they have Senior Citizen Day. <laughs> and I would never feel like a senior citizen in a million years but i'm like oh my god oh now that you told us your age i mean there it is you know and aiarp is knocking on your door every day well and it was 50 percent off you can't you can't go wrong there but my point is we only want to get things we want to be wearing things that we feel good in in our house we don't want a lot of clutter a lot of junk like if i took you on a tour right now david i love that shirt and I'm imagining, you know, all the bracelets you're wearing, they're, they're meaningful for you. There's something there. And if I took you on a tour of this room right now, like so much in this room is super meaningful to me. You know, it's not stuff that I'm like, oh, I don't care about this thing. I mean, it really is. And that's, that's one of the ways I live. And I think that's one of the ways when we purge what doesn't serve, everything is energy, right? We've determined that, you know, we know everything's atoms vibrating you don't want all this cluttered energy in your house. You don't. So again, it's, it's clearing out for me, David, how I define it is clearing out this conduit. That's us. And we got to clean out the cobweb so that we are purging what doesn't serve us. So we're a clear conduit for more joy, love, success, whatever that is. It's going to come to us more easily if we're purging the things in our life that don't serve us. Yeah, no, that sounds great. So let's wrap up. I got one more question for you. Everybody out there, myself included, face problems professionally. We face problems personally. And uh, yeah, it sucks sometimes, you know, like how do you get to the next level, whether it's in life, uh, personal life or professional life? So what do you think are some of the best ways that or best tools that people can use in order to navigate those stormy waters? You know, I think there's so many tools, but for me, what I find- It's your book, to be, isn't it? 
it's get my book and those <laughs> those stormy waters will be so so well navigated no you know and i really do though hope that my book is one of those guides because at the end of every chapter i have exercises things to integrate and assimilate what we talked about into your life so it's not just an intellectual exercise you're actually assimilating this stuff into your life and you know, I know for me that a lot of it goes along with that morning routine and having a mindfulness good, practice. And I, you know, I think a lot of people's morning routines got broke during COVID. I used to have a morning routine, 5 a.m. or, and, you know, I wouldn't have to commute, but it'd be like exercise, take my medicine, you know, things like that uh post social get all that stuff done for the day or schedule the post whatever it was but i had that routine and then when covid hit and we were just trapped it was almost like again you know the the paralysis of not being able to do everything that it just totally broke every routine i had i mean for eight years for example we were on, well, not we, but me, I was on a low carb pizza was my weak point, but it was primarily just a keto diet. And with COVID, yeah, that totally, totally got broken. Just now that I put the self control back in place to where it's like, I'm going back to the to the keto diet to get where I want to be again physically um uh, it, there's a little bit missing story there with the guests I had seven back surgeries in between and stuff like that too so I gained weight from the steroids they had me on and stuff like that but uh even if I was just eating meat I still would have gained weight because of the steroids but um you know now that all that's past me it's kind of like rebuilding it and getting back into having that morning routine once again. And I think that's very important. I mean, you talk to any Fortune 500 CEO, for example, it's all about their morning routine. And it's critical. It's a building block of life, I believe. It is. You know, I have so many people, David, that come in and talk to me that have just recently retired. And then they're like, why am I depressed? Well, because they're not doing anything. Mm hmm. You know, and people that have lost their jobs, same thing. And just by establishing a morning routine where you know what you're going to do the first few hours of the day, yep. we are so used to being, you know, we're habitual thinkers, we're habitual doers, and really our mind loves routines. And we, we are so much more successful when we have them. And I think some of the essential things, though, that I want to name as well are having a meditation practice. And it's okay if it's 10 minutes. And if you can't do it on your own, there's so many offerings, you know, there's right. so many guided meditations, but it's literally where you drop out of trying to create something with your thoughts and you go into stillness. And mm -hmm. from there, I am telling you, some of my greatest ideas have come, you know, the idea for my first film came right after a meditation. Um, wow. And I think connecting with nature. And some people are like, well, I live in a city. Well, go outside. You know, the sky is all around you. Look up. Yeah you know, look up. Yeah. And um, I love that movie, by the way. Yeah. Oh, me too. Me too. <laughs> and so, and exercising, we know, and like you're saying, eating right. We think yep. those are the things, maybe doing some breath work. Those are awesome ways to get you into your day. And yep. then I have to tell you, I have, I this week have given like three prescriptions 
quote unquote prescriptions to clients to literally, I'm like, your growth work this week is watching comedy as much as possible. Wow. You know, and it's awesome. You know, and I'm a, I'm a trauma specialist. So 17 years ago, when I was getting trained in all that, I was like, okay, I'm going to be with heavy duty trauma clients all day. And so I would listen to comedy every morning. And wow. so I'd just be laughing my butt off on the way to work. I'm sure people that saw me in the car thought I was nuts. And it didn't matter. I prepped myself. It's really priming, right. you know, so I'm in an expanded state. And I would also tell people, write a list again. What are your pleasures? They can be simple. They can be yep. very simple, but you start to attune to them. When I wake up in the morning and I open this big picture window blinds, the house floods with light. I take a breath and I notice it and I'm like grateful for it. You yeah. know, and we, we hear a lot about this attitude of gratitude, but the research supports longitudinally in a five-year yeah. study by Martin Seligman he said, if you write down three gratitudes a day and hold it just for a moment in your heart to marinate on it, it's going to level up your baseline of happiness. That is amazing. So I guess uh, final question for you that I have is, hey, how can people reach out to you? Where can they find you? your podcast, your books, give us all the details right now, please. You're amazing. Oh, awesome. Thank you, David. So the easiest way to get a hold of me is go to my website, stephaniejames.world. And there's a free gift for you there. Um, actually, you can get your own printout of there's a PDF of the three C's. You just put in your name and email and that will come straight to you. And then um, please, I mean, if anybody wants to reach out, they can connect with me. You can send me an email even at stephaniethespark at gmail.com. Also, my books, Igniting Your Best Life, The Spark, and my latest book, Becoming Fierce, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, wherever you get your books, and Plex Network, The More You Channel, my film, when sparks ignite. That is amazing. As everybody knows, we will have the link below down to stephaniejames.world so that you'll be able to check out everything she does. She is brilliant. She knows her stuff. Stephanie, thank you for coming on and just being you and really helping people personally and professionally. You totally rock. Thank you again. Oh, awesome, David. Total honor to be here with you. Uh, thank you so much. Cheers. Wow, that was an incredible chat with Stephanie, right? First, you all know the routine. If you found this interview helpful, if it sparked those warm and fuzzies, do me a favor, hit that like button, smash that subscribe button. But if you really want to help us out because you know Shark Bite Biz is the greatest kept secret in the world of small business, please share this out to your friends, your family, your colleagues, anywhere you dwell in the interweb. X. Twitter, whatever the heck it's called this day, these days, Instagram, Facebook, you know, anywhere you can. Just help get the word out. Help people like you find out about these awesome professionals like Stephanie James so that way they can grow personally, they can grow professionally, and they can grow their business. Now let's get back to the real rock star of the show, Miss Stephanie James. You heard and watched interviews. So usually during my outros, I kind of give like a little bit of a, you know, summary, some of the things that stuck with me during the interview that we did. Today, I'm going to do something different, okay? When I did this interview, I did have some personal issues going on in my life. Stephanie 
was amazing. I think she kind of realized it when we were chatting afterwards, but uh, she actually gave me some sessions, you know, to help me through the issues that I was going through at the time. And I'm telling you, from my own personal experience, like, this wasn't a normal therapy session. I mean, I've never really heard of a psychotherapist before like this, to this degree, like what Stephanie does. And it was a new type of therapy, a new type of exercise for me to do. And you know what? It wasn't even good. It was actually amazing. I totally loved it. Just one session with her and it gave me an experience and some tools that actually really helped me through one of the harder periods of my life that I'm still working through, but it kind of really equipped me with some tools to think of the positive things and think of positive energy and all that type of stuff. And wow, Stephanie, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for that, for helping me in my time of need. And, you know, you're just fabulous. You're amazing. And I think people know that just by hearing your interview that you did today. So please do us a favor. Let's pay Stephanie back right here. She sent me a copy of her wonderful book, Becoming Fierce. And I uh, think she jotted a little note down in here somewhere for, uh, for me. But um, anyways, check out her book, Becoming Fierce. We'll have the link down below. Please help Stephanie out. Check her out. Go to her website. And uh, I'm telling you, you'll probably be as amazed as I was. It, it was incredible for me. So question of the day. What do you think of psychotherapy? Leave a comment down below on YouTube. Do you want to be in the show? If so, shoot an email, interviews at sharkbitebiz.com. Remember, if you're watching on YouTube or Spotify, you can join the channel $3 a month. You become a baby shark. And last but not least, you all know this by now, but I'll tell you once again, I'm David Strasser. This is Shark Bite Biz. We'll see you all next episode. Cheers. You just experienced Shark Bite Biz with David Strausser. Please like, comment, and subscribe to the show to help us spread the word about personal, professional, and business growth. Want to be on the show? Send an email to interviews at sharkbitebiz.com. Reach out for more info. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.